is 100% Raph's fault that I saw the picture of Gordon Ryan posing abs out in front of Marky Mark. We're talking 1999s, 1990s rapper just in the height of his Calvin Klein modeling sexuality, Mark Wahlberg, which once again proves fighting way more sensual from outside the cage, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I am your host, Kevin, with me, of course, Raph Esparza. <laughs> Raph, serious question. Perhaps the most serious question since we started podcasting. What do you think 1990s Marky Mark is like as a grappler versus current serious actor I'm in every national tragedy replica movie, Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> come on, come on! Feel it, feel it! I've been waiting all day. So for much that energy. <laughs> he had so much energy. Thank you. Um,. Which I never have. It might have I been ADHD early on. I'm not trying to diagnose <laughs> any problems Mark Wahlberg had in school as Marky Mark. Can but. I express something? I recently put up a status update, and I believe it'll summarize all of my feelings about one Marcus Marcus Wahlberg. It's a lofty because preface. Kev, preface. Well, think about it. <laughs> think about it, though, because what are your feelings about him? I just, think just share them. I think he knocks it out of the park. I think he. I loved mm. Entourage. Is I probably the problem, but mm-hmm. I think he's a serious closed guard sort of top game player as Mark Wahlberg. There's a lot more pride as Marky Mark. I think he's trying to Barambolo even as a blue belt. He's exciting. Well, this is great analysis. However, the joke I put up the other day before any of this happened was. I don't have AT&T, but these Wahlberg commercials would be enough for me to cancel my services. And somebody asked, what ANTT, like Mark Wahlberg commercials are you talking about? It's just him walking in his stupid Mark Wahlberg walk and saying like, hey, do you guys have any problems with your services? I know. I do too. I'm Mark Wahlberg. It's great. And you just like get to the fucking point, Wahlberg. I really don't want to see you talk about this bullshit. You were in the movie Ted. That's fine. You were in Boogie Nights. He, he was also in Ted too. That's true. You did both. That Ted's. is important to note. Uh, Didn't do you, all the Transformer movies. So no, just the more recent ones. But especially when he's like Optimus Prime, what are you doing here? And you're like, shut up, Wahlberg. So my favorite movie. You will forever be connected with the movie The Happening, which is one of the worst movies of all time. And they tried to play it off as saying, oh, man, this movie's, like, intentionally bad, which is a great thing for a movie to try to be. No, that was the myth. We We know what you're trying to do. Right. And it was M. Night Shyamalan, and they tried to do all of their normal twist endings, but they realized real soon, I think, in that movie, that if you're trying to portray being a bad movie it's probably better to get an actor who's capable of emotion diction and range because in that movie mark Wahlberg was like they go oh you're trying to murder me and mark Wahlberg, marky mark responds what no me i wouldn't try to murder you and you go this is beyond bad so to answer your question, when I see Gordon Ryan looking like either part of the Funky Bunch or 
somebody who would then sing on a ra- 90s rap hook for good vibrations. I can't stop laughing. He's got his pants sagging. He looks like he should be carrying a gun in hand. Yes. His hat looking very gangsterish. And I just said, this is ridiculous. So I put it together. And uh, one of his teammates actually put Tony. He goes, well, that was fast. And I was like, I work my memes like you guys work your heel hooks. One speed only. Boom. Got it. <laughs> Versus, uh, you know, Dom Toretto, who does it a quarter mile at a, at a time. Even his heel hooks. <laughs> I'm Groot. Groot is I. No, Ladies and gentlemen, international actor and superstar Vin Diesel here to talk about his upcoming movie, The Fate of the Furious, a movie so confusingly trailered, even the most fervent enthusiast has no idea what it's about. Vin, how's it going? First of all, I gotta say, I've been listening to you guys for like, hold on, you gotta let me say it. Because I live my life a quarter word at a time. Wow. So, I, you know, you guys, I don't know if you know this about me. Because I don't say this in every interview I do. But it's all about family. You, you know what I'm saying it's about family. You do save the good stuff for us. And I appreciate that. And star of the Triple X series. Check them all Don't out. Don't talk about that one. No, 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 Don't talk about that one. You just redid no. it. Come on. Right. Well, just, it didn't make a lot of money. If, I, if this was a <laughs> broadcast in China, we'd talk about it. But, yeah. <laughs> Five <laughs> Uh Ladies and gentlemen, international actor and just uh, spirit, Vin Diesel. Hey, Kev. Hmm. It's all about family. Thank you. <laughs> I just want to make sure that was something that we, we left on. That if you understood anything about Vin Diesel or the Fast and the Furious. By the way, Fast and the Furious 10, we're going to space. <laughs> he said it here. said it here first. It's been theorized, but said it here first. I'm group. <laughs> that, by the way, what a pinnacle of his career that he's become Groot in. Oh man, we could all we all should aspire to have that much bravada and confidence. Raph, that much bravada and confidence should be the theme of where you were all weekend. <laughs> yes. I want to stop because there's a part of me that wonders. You know, when you're trying to make fun of him for, you know, having one catchphrase that he says in one movie and getting a giant paycheck from Marvel Comics and somehow going, "How did that happen?" Uh, and then you realize, that's, well, that's that's a good question, by the way. How, how did that happen? Did, how, let's talk how, about how, it. How, how Everybody. Just get that? Like, they really wanted to make that special in that movie, so they go, how do we get people there? How do we get a powerful voice? I know. Did you guys see the Iron Giant? What if we took away <laughs> every form of communication except for I am Groot? And Vin Diesel, he's a guy that screams I can't do much more than five words. You, and they were like, if we want to do it comedic, we could get Billy Crystal. But let's keep it sexy and space cadet. We could slow down the track and it could be a robot, but we just say it's Vin Diesel. <laughs> that would give us funny. And that could have very well been what happened. And now he's fucking baby Groot. So now they got like a little like, I am Groot. They can just do be And I really hope. Diesel. I really hope. Retired Groot. Those tapes. 
I am putting it out here right there, right now. Release the unedited tapes of Vin Diesel making all of those ad libs in that movie. Because I guarantee you it didn't take more than 20 minutes. Uh, I also enjoyed that maybe he kept saying it with a question mark. The first time, I am good. Like, no, no, no. It's not a question. Like, you need to be super Well, clear. you know what it is? You I know an actor rude? sometimes. You're still doing it with a question mark. <laughs> you know what actors sometimes get scripts? They won't read all of the other pages. They'll just read the ones with their character. I know what I would do. That's I'm pretty that. sure that there's a Vin Diesel at a beach somewhere that has highlighted parts of his script. And he doesn't read the context or anything else. It's just, I am Groot. This is easy. I am Groot. <laughs> this is easy as fuck. I am Groot. It's that point mm. the bartender's like, do you guys want another round? And they're like, absolutely. I'm memorized. Now, Are you fucking joking? <laughs> now that they're doing that, I am Groot is probably the best sobriety test you could take. Uh, can you please say the following sentence back to me? Uh, yes, officer. I uh, am um, Groot. Groot. Shit, he's drunker than Diesel. If you start chuckling, sure. too, it's a dead giveaway you're stoned here for the Colorado drivers. Can I also say, it's, and I want to speak on behalf of the podcast, I the think the best acting he's ever done. I think hands yeah? down, it's his. It's his gone with the wind performance. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. And and are you talking about Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes, absolutely. He's a tour de force in that one, and I assume too. I obviously haven't seen it. More Guardians of the Galaxy, or I don't know what the name of. It I mean, is. I don't know about you, but what was it? The sequel to Pitch Black, The Chronicles of Riddick. Ooh, magic. Mm. Darker Riddick. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see the so trilogy. Good. There was Ugh. the Pitch Black series. Amazing, but let's get back to really what we were trying to talk about. You were in Vegas covering live grappling because you're but one of seven people doing that right now. I think it's important to shout you out just for a second. You yeah. care enough about the grappling industry that you're taking it on the road, bitches. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. You know, grapplers need love too, guys. You know, it, it's tough. They put out a lot of effort. If you are in a wrestling or a grappling room, you know how difficult it is to achieve. And so these brave souls are willing to put themselves out on the line. The least I can do is ask them shitty questions. So I give them that service. And I think the fun part is I don't think they realize till the first minute in that I'm just going to ridicule them for five minutes. So it's a lot of looking at them and seeing them go, did you not see me fuck up that guy on the mats? And me going, I don't care. We, ju- we just don't have time. I'm going to have nope. to move past that. I'm going to have to <laughs> ask you real questions. So anyway, um, yeah, it was fun. I mean, okay. To give you the context of where we were. So uh, some of you who have done wrestling your entire life, this podcast is going to be Hopefully one that you guys are going to feel like you have an edge on everybody else on. For those of you who have done just grappling and maybe don't know as much about the wrestling, we're going to try and walk you through it. But this weekend, I was at the USA Wrestling Trials. Now, these people are all going in Greco and in freestyle to win places to represent the United States of America. And Kevin, we're talking about like division champions, college athletes, high school stars – and then Olympic athletes, 
all on these mats. And it is amazing to watch, Kevin, because there is such intensity. It's a normal practice for within those, you know, short periods of time that they are going at it and they are going murderous rage, that they are blotting them for blood. You see every one of these guys scuffed up. I could tell who was involved in the wrestling portion of this because they were all bleeding in some way. (laughs) (laughs) And half of their faces were just covered in like bruises. Yeah, and I will say it made it easier to go around Vegas and know who was wrestling because it is a little intimidating, Kevin. Get your team game ready. Well, I was, dude, I was at will ready. They coming like like a wrecking ball. (laughs) (laughs) Vit <laughs> Diesel is apparently singing Wrecking Ball now, everybody. Would <laughs> be my thoughts exactly. Ooh, my dogs have joined the podcast, and he did sing. By the way, do you remember that? Do you remember when well, he sang the uh, Paul you, Walker song? The, everybody calls it the Paul Walker song. <laughs> Hold on, let me see if I can give you a, a little taste of it. Uh, <laughs> if it's uh, that's what man, I love that song. You guys know what I'm talking about is if I see you again. And you worry about it. You're like, is he having a stroke as he's singing this? Though you did bring up a, a I've functional never challenge. About him. I assume he's doing great at all times, but yeah. Oh. Anyway, so yes, so that's the wrestling side of it. However, here's the part where it applies to us in BJJ world because, Kev, this is fascinating. They have a big event and like they pack them in droves to this event for the wrestling. And if you've ever been to a wrestling meet like this, you know how insane it gets. That crowd is alive. It is it is lively, to put it mildly. Okay? Okay. So here's where it gets interesting. They decided that they're going to make a bigger push to include grappling. So those same wrestlers who are, you know, working to compete uh, against other nations now and other countries, they're going to be joined by grapplers. Now they've done this in the past, but I've never been able to see it and experience it live for myself. But it is amazing to see grappling be included on the same mats as wrestling because your eyes do this weird thing where you're like, okay, Grappling, I understand. It makes all complete sense to me. Holy shit on the other side. These wrestlers are crazy. The <laughs> amount of they have is insane. And it reminded me, because, you know, every once in a while we think to ourselves as grapplers, if we didn't do wrestling growing up, we go, man, oh, man, I really would have been cool to have done wrestling. I probably would have had better takedowns. I probably wouldn't be, you know, sitting guard and butt scooting so much. And then you see the intensity in which they go at each other like Brahma bulls just literally going in and butting heads and you go, no, no, I'm good to pull guard. No, I'm all right. Yeah. That yeah, doesn't look right. like fun at all. So they included this and uh, many uh, grapplers, some of which you guys are very familiar with, made their way to go ahead and compete for their opportunity to go and compete in Berku in for a uh, a chance to take on like some of the most prestigious uh, wrestling and grappling sides in the world. So, Kev, it was insane, to say the least. But I have to tell you, as somebody who speaks more on the grappling side, it was great to see the wrestling world kind of interested. I will have a few notes for you. You're obsessed. People I know it. Have... You have a real problem. 
Why? Why? Go on. Go on. You're, you enjoy wrestling. You think it is uh, strategically to your advantage. You have a big thing about that. And I think it's obviously, once again, go, going to your head. I think that's what we're all seeing. And <laughs> you bought your shoes. You've gone to your wrestling classes. We get it, Raph. You're committed. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm glad that you got that out. He there, just Ken. wants to double leg me, everybody, in case anyone's not getting the subtext here. Kev is, uh, first of all, rude. I am just a student of the game. I'm just trying to get better. I will tell you guys this. There was a great moment. So the last time Kevin came to train, you know, I like to challenge myself in new ways. So I was talking shit to Kevin. I was like, all right, let's see if Kevin can get a takedown. Kevin, like, works this really solid entry. I blocked it a couple times, but he got it really well on this last one. And that sort of thing would bug me. Had Kevin done it without cheating i will say this (laughs) because kevin is like i we can't accept something that we truly didn't earn so when kevin got the takedown and he has like fistful on both sides i grabbed the gee pants on the way down i looked at him and i said so that was the only way that could happen and kevin immediately was so happy because he was like i did it off Fuck! It like gets up in giant frustration because he worked hard for that takedown. By la mo, <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I I actually I told this story a couple times over the weekend. I was like, you know, Kevin and I both had a moment where we were like, that was almost an amazing takedown, but we can't score it. So stand it back there up. is that. So that no, don't don't bring that on me, Kevin. Okay, don't put that on me like I'm the only one who's trying to get better at wrestling. I know the Jabera tricks. I know that you guys are working stand up all the time. I merely myself. I'm an underdog, Kev. I'm just working my angles. I'm trying to learn something about a community I don't fully know about. So this was my exposure to that. So I I hear your jealousy and I'm very sorry about it. I just thought you would be happy for me, Kevin. No. No, no. <laughs> you, you you know that was everybody's like you did not think that. I Listen, I was I was happy to learn it. Now, did I send Kevin a note that was like, "All right, next time we are standing up." Can't wait for standing up, I was, learning I, countless new tricks. I didn't say I'm learning countless. I, I just stop making the narrative. I'm just punching it up. I've You're got not it. punching it up. You're adding it. You are you are editorializing, sir. I will tell you this right now, and I think it's unfair. But I did say to Kevin, I was like, I cannot wait for the next time we stand up. Because you have to understand, Kevin and I, when we were doing our stupid and bastardized version of it, is like a quarter speed of how these guys were going. <laughs> 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 There's nothing uh, yeah, speed's a factor. Like, it's so intense. Because keep in mind, these are short periods of time that they really have to do their work. And I looked and I go... Kevin and I literally were standing up for 15 minutes and both of us were struggling to take the other down. Boy, especially when you take the shirts off. It's like, for fuck's sake, what do I grab? Well, because, well, apparently Kevin just grabs the fucking gi pants. So yeah. there you go, Kevin. I'm just saying it publicly. Just... I struggle. The muscle memory struggles. Mm-hmm. It does. If we were doing gi, full gi, I would have been like, Kev, good takedown. But that wasn't, that wasn't. It doesn't count. I've been working on my my single and my double leg blast. 
That's fine. an eye on it. Just to try and get less dependent on the gi pants. You know, mm-hmm. when and I inevitably fight Eddie Bravo. Absolutely. Because that's going to be a huge component that people are going to talk about later in the uh, the lore of Kevin versus Eddie Bravo. You know full well, if I see him publicly, I have no choice but to challenge him to who can get more stoned and fight the other one match. And I feel like I hold a strategic advantage. I know he's been at the game a while. Mm. But I'm in a competitive market, you know. Mm. Very nice. So anyway, that's the start preface of this. And like I said, if you've been to these before, you know how intense it is. Um, it is interesting to see it implemented on the same mats because normally you don't see them necessarily together. But I'm intrigued to see if there is crossover. How are and wrestlers so- doing against grapplers? It's a mixed bag. I I had some wrestlers who adapted supremely well to jiu-jitsu, trickily, crazily, insane, uh, scarily. Crazily? Yeah, crazily, that's a word. I, I heard you. I You've gone on a buffered-like tangent. Didn't Hanger win the whole thing? So he did. I went on a buffered tangent. Fuck you, Kevin. Listen, I agree. Yeah. It's more eloquent. That was an insult. Thank you. Me. I know. But I understand. It's the the kind of words I would expect from somebody who grabs key pants when didn't Hinger win the whole thing? Yes, he. So Hinger he did win like the whole grand prize. There wasn't like a, a showcase showdown. He won, but he won in his division. There were a number of people that we won. So to answer your question, Kevin, I got to interview um, the people who were selected to represent our country, and it was. I mean, take away the competitive aspect of it. And understanding, like, okay, yeah, it's kind of insane that this is happening. But take away all of the fact that, like, all these guys are competing against each other. There is a little bit of pride that comes in when you start to realize that these people are now going to represent us. And I I was so happy for them because you could see it when that light switched on and you mentioned to them, you're like, well, you're representing the USA now. How does that feel? And they just kind of look at you, and this was pretty evident throughout all of the interviews that I did, and we'll put these up. But it just, I don't know, man, it just, it surged, they felt good about themselves, and to their credit, at this event, they did gi and no gi, Kevin. So there are people representing us in both the gi and no gi. Hmm. So I feel super uh, encouraged, enthused. Um, but I, in order to answer your question about how did the wrestlers translate, Kevin, this is where I need to tell you some privileged information. I'm going to get ahead of my interviews that'll go up later this week, but I need you to understand how important this is. I'm listening. One of the dudes asked me how long he had been training jujitsu. How long? Well, in the interview, this young gentleman, Steven Ramos. He looked up and he goes, well, you know, Raph, it's been a long road. You know, I've been wrestling for a long time. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's awesome. And he goes, but this grappling journey has been great. You know, it's been insane, especially considering I just started grappling in jujitsu back in September. And I and then like there's a moment and I encourage you all when you see this interview to watch me completely shut down. Like my whole face shuts down because I do the realization in my brain and I go, I'm sorry, how long have you been training? And he goes, oh, since September. And I go, 
Oh, wait, oh, wait. And I jumbled the words, but I made them go out of my mouth. And I said, ranked? Are you ranked? And he goes, yeah, I'm a three-stripe white belt. And I go, no. No way. What you did was pretty cool. And you were pretty good. And he's like, well, I've also wrestled for yeah, 10 years. There it is. And I go, ah, oh, I didn't. Again, I know that. That's fine. But it's actually, it's the realization of... You're a three-stripe white belt from where? And he goes, from Henzo's. And I go, mm, all right, it all comes together now. All right, this interview's done, kid. You get the fuck out of here. I'm done with you. So, anyway, let's go over some people. Matt Holt, amazing. Okay. Uh, really, like, small guy. And I want to send a big shout-out to him because uh, we got the opportunity to interview him, and he apparently listens to the show. So he was very happy and he sent us both a very sweet note and I might be putting him on blast, but he said, you know, on long drives, you guys make it seem like it's nothing when I go back and forth between like Temecula and San Diego. Sometimes I listen to you guys, I put on a podcast and then I'm magically at training. And uh, I said, Matt Holt, (laughs) that's so nice of you to say. Uh, But the word was your show is immaculate and you didn't read the copy the way I told you to. So, <laughs> so then we had uh, two. Jasons. Hold on, I would have like uh, presumably might be listening right now, Raph. Mm-hmm. I just think like, hey, you know, Matt, we're impressed by your competitive spirit. We're counting on you to work some. Uh, what do you think you should work on his way to training? I want to well, see him get into some deep half situations and put himself uncomfortable. That's what I want. I, you know what? Uh, let's put it this way. You said uh, deep half situations. Let's think of non-traditional areas for grapplers because, again, the something that's a little weird, there are some rule points and, and variations that happen. But if you do pull guard without contact, and this is a little heavy on the rules, you do already start at negative two points. Not at advantage loss, negative two points. Or not you lo- Yeah, exactly. That's Jesus. what it is, Kevin. Okay. Your opponent gets two points, and you're just like, oh, no. Noted. That could make us... <laughs> significant difference so it's adcc like in the sense of you just want to be taken down you don't really want to yeah you want to work to get the the takedown and that makes sense in a wrestling world so um let's say this world really i don't know that i want him to work on deep half right now because i want him to win those stand-up exchanges so let's think a little bit more top pressure because i want that top pressure to be put on russia so let's uh, let's work a little bit of what we like to call the shoulder of justice today matt if you are listening. Ooh. Yeah. Crossface that shoulder. I Absolutely. Like it. And good. with the wrestler crossface, <laughs> yikes. Hurts more. Not, not, a, not a fun day at the it office, guys. More. A lot more. So then we had Jason and Jason, who happened to both be uh, guys who train at the same academy, who both won in the 66 and 71 uh, KG categories. I think at one point I actually asked one of the wrestlers, they were like, yeah, I cut weight all the time. It's no big deal. And I was competing and I was competing at the 77 KG bracket. And I was like, what's that in real people weight? <laughs> I'm not doing conversions. You Just heard us. Me. Real people weight. Absolutely. We know Australia, South America, Europe, Asia, everybody else uses whatever. This is yeah. America. And uh, what was it again? <laughs> It's like, we're sorry. We know it's dumb, but we are using this system. Uh, And so, uh, let's see. We had that. We also had Steven Ramos, who is the uh, aforementioned three-stripe white belt. And I got to tell you, there is a lot of promise in this kid. 
He's got a great personality. You'll see him as being the guy who wears the Superman rash guard or shirt when I was interviewing him. Just there's so much promise in him, Kevin, and I am so excited. If he is a three-stripe white belt right now and he's training under the Henzo system, the sky is the limit for that kid. So there's that. Josh Hinger, who uh, just amazing all around. You know, I like to kid Josh Hinger a lot, and we actually had a good interview, but he really does embody a lot of the best of America. So sending him over that way is like, yeah, dude, that's pretty awesome. At one point, I looked at these kids, and I tried to get them to understand this reference, and there was no better way to say, Raph, you're old, than when I said, oh, my God, you guys get to represent the United States. It's like the Mighty Ducks too. <laughs> That's amazing. And they go, I haven't seen that movie. And I was like, I didn't watch cartoons. It's like, mm. no. Well, I'm dying on the inside. So this has become a funeral for me and my references. So good night, everybody. Uh, it's, uh, it's been fun. Elsewhere, we had Hudson Taylor and Brandon Ruiz, who are all representing us. On the women's side, we have uh, Lisa Ward and uh, Laurie Callahan. But a big, big moment for us here at the show was our good friend, Bree Stick, who is going to be representing the United States in both gi and no gi. And if you know anything about her, she trains over at Street Sports. You can see her competing all of the time, and she's just a badass. But... I have privileged information. I've trained with her before. She's a friend of the show. And I have privileged information in knowing how much, like, outside of this, like, people say they love America, but it didn't matter how many times we were joking about saying, like, oh, yeah, America. She literally would just, at the end of every sentence, we'd be like, man, I can't wait for you to go compete. America. You guys want to go get some like a like a burger or something? America. And I was like, dude, you are that person. (laughs) So she is a she has a lot of uh, toughness in her. So uh, between all of us who were there, we gave her a standing ovation uh, when she ended up winning, because when you see your friends do that, you get really excited and happy. So she and I also have a post match interview. And uh, I hope you guys watch that. And I hope you get very, very uh, enthused about all of these guys because these guys and girls or ladies or women, they are – you know, I said it on the mic a lot of the times is I'm like it's one thing when we have our divisions but like our different academies and there's competition there. But it's my hope we just all get behind these guys because they are killers. And if I can give one big shout out to somebody who necessarily didn't win. He was the first runner up in his division. Uh, But Luis Quinones is a killer from 10th Planet. And he had some like he was close, Kev. He almost made it to actually beating uh, Jason Carapellucci, who I almost didn't enjoy. He endeared himself to me. But he had a Patriots <laughs> hat on, Kevin. Oh, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of the interview starting up top where I was like, I just want to let you know up top, I don't respect your opinion. <laughs> and it's going to be hard to get past it. And he was just all smiles. And I said, well, you know what? I can't hate you because you haven't started within the first two minutes of this interview by saying, you think you're better than me? So, Fine. But uh, Luis Quinones, you may have seen him. Uh, you probably see him compete out here. He is a 10th planet r- like wrestler, mind you. 
So he has the wrestler acumen who understands the 10th planet system. Uh, he recently, I believe, uh, made it pretty far, if not uh, semis, for ADCC trials in his weight division recently. But he was the one who ended up beating Marvin, uh, 10th planet on 10th planet crime. And I told him, I was like, dude, I was trying to remember your name, and I kept butchering it. But you're a badass, and I hope people know about you. So Luis Quinones, if you guys haven't learned the name, learn it quickly. But he was the first runner-up in the 66 kg weight division class, and I think he, he's an up-and-comer to, was to keep ABCC. an eye on. He was at the West Coast Trials, too. Yes, sir. Ass, taking names. Being super tough to fight. There's a – yeah – there's a crop of no gi fighters that are just fucking fantastic right now. It's fun when you see this sub only sort of ADC style, just that no gi. You think we'll see a bump at no gi worlds? That's just a quick side question as you're like tangentially going through all these wrestlers and no gi fighters that I'm thinking about in terms of like a real, I have a lot of admiration for them. So I'm just curious. <laughs> You know, it's hard to say because there is a lot to get behind here. Like, what I did appreciate, so I talked to a couple of the guys who were helped run, like, the rules aspect of it um, in the interviews that you'll see. And I asked them, I was like, well, what happens next to these people? Like, obviously, they're representing the United States, but what happens next? And they go, well, they go back to competing. Like, a lot of the guys, he's like... Josh Hanger is going to be getting ready for Worlds, and he's a killer, and he's competing all the time. You know, Bree's got, like, a competition almost every week. And then I think they're going to provide, like, information that says, like, all right, let's get you guys ready. Let's get you guys smart. Let's get you guys prepared. And uh, I, I am excited about that prospect. I also want to send a shout-out to Bobby uh, Yamashita, who uh, took in the gi category at 77kg. Uh, he'll be representing the U.S. there. And he had some sick judo in his gi game. And it was pretty lively. He was competing in the no-gi as well. But every time I saw him, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, he's a judoka. I can tell that right there. So uh, a lot of props to him on that side as well. Yeah, I'm interested to see the... You're going to see some more mergers, and it's terrifying to think. They'll be like, I've been wrestling for 10 years. Time to get into grappling. It's like, for fuck's mm-hmm. sake. Yeah, we're ready for you. Come but on over. One of the nicest things that all of the people said, and they were at, they honestly asked my opinion, and I was like, what the shit do you care about what I think? But they were interested. A lot of guys who were behind the wrestling side of it, they wanted to know what I thought of it. And... I said, you know, because they're asking, they're like, what are better ways that you see that we can improve? Or how do you see that the grapplers felt about it? And I told them, I go, you know, the best thing that grapplers felt about this is they got to be on the same stage as the wrestlers. They got to be on the same elevated platform as those individuals who are gold medalists, division champs, college champs, high school champs, who, who everybody knows how hard it is to wrestle. So it was, I think, very humbling to the grappling community that they wanted to implement them and they wanted to try and give them a, a format and a place. So this is something that happens, I believe, pretty often, if not yearly, Kev. So, you know, we we see it once a year. It's one of those things that I would love to see people support going forward. And 
you know, it's good to have that implementation because they seemed very willing to understand more about the the grappling side. Now, I mentioned earlier there was something that was a little comedy style for me. Would you like to know what that is? I'm excited to hear about this. Okay. Yes. All right. <sighs> Our sport can be very difficult to understand. Yes, no? Yeah. So do you think that an announcer who is more wrestling-based talking about the art of strangulation, if someone has, say, back mount and they say, oh, they're going for a rear naked choke, which is a strangle, which you can use in grappling. (laughs) It's not hard for me to keep a straight face as that's going on consistently throughout the matches. That is super funny. When they got to those finals and everybody was on that main stage, they were doing their best to walk people through it. And I wanted to be like, do these wrestlers know? I feel like they do know. I feel like they have. Like, they've watched some UFC. But maybe the parents don't. Maybe everybody's there. But maybe we don't have to announce every single move. Because I felt like some of the grapplers, as they were announcing what was going on, they'd be like, and here comes side control. (laughs) And some of the wrestlers, or the grapplers who were in the trials, just looked up and were like, please don't remind me. I know what this is. It's terrible. Don't remind me. I just got fucking my guard passed, you asshole. That's super. And I also enjoy a part of the world where wrestlers are still completely ambiguous to it. It's like, what is what is going on with my neck? What is this asshole doing? So that's kind of my favorite. I'm in on that. So, I mean, that was a a bulk of what I have. And just to give you guys a little bit more information, I told Kevin, uh, in addition to those interviews, we also got an interview with Clay Guida, who uh, said wonderfully nice things to us. And, uh, you know, it's funny because we know some of the same people. We know John Robles. We know Christos Yagos. We know a lot of the systems guys. And so. Clay Guida. uh, yeah. Was so he, he's, he was he's he there fighting? It wouldn't surprise me if, if he was just like, I'm here to scrap, you know. I was out. trying to do a joke and it won't come out great. So you guys know this, but when the internet tries to make fun of me for this, I was trying to make the point of like, you know, you're famous for running out to the octagon and then running right back out once the match is over. Like you're one of the guys who runs the cage and then when the fight's over, you run out because you're crazy. And the joke didn't quite land, but I just was like trying to tell him like I just expected you to run into the interview, and I'm kind of disappointed you didn't. <laughs> but uh, his hair is very long, and oh, it's perfect. very difficult to like not look over and be like, "Dude, that hair is amazing." And yes, so it smells mm. great. Everybody, I was not about to smell it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was- I felt like that was a one-way trip to getting punched. Yes, assuredly, I was just. But I would say. Maybe the smarter play would have been like Pantene Pro V. <laughs> Just guess the shampoo for a bit. Because that's definitely not Pert Plus, my friend. I know that for sure. Next time. <laughs> Next time we get to interview him. And there's going to be an extended interview with uh, the man behind Church Boys Wrestling. That is Jacob Harmon. And it is fascinating to hear his insight because in case you don't know who this man is, he is coaching... Many of the biggest names in the sport, Buchecha, uh, we're talking about uh, what? Oh, God, it's even escaping me at this point. We're talking about Rafael Dos Anjos, 
uh, a lot of those brethren, if you would. And he was even talking about Rafael Lovato versus Buchecha. He was talking about the competitive aspects of the game, the mental aspects of the game. He was talking about coaching, you know, Hamelo and Edwin and uh, Gabe. And you realize that he has such a track history for all this stuff. And he was doing it while the wrestling matches for finals were going on. So there were a couple times in the interview he'd be like, Raph, I'm very sorry. I'm going to look back and see what's happening now. And I go, you take all the time you need, sir. <laughs> like, it's perfectly fine to me. I understand what's going on. But he gave us about 30 minutes of his time. And I would highly encourage you guys to listen to that interview because if you ever want to hear the hybrid between wrestling and grappling and where they coexist, I think he is a very good and unique perspective that even if you don't agree with completely, it is cool to hear. And so I would highly encourage you guys to look for that one when it comes up on the which page, Kevin? Verbal Tap Cast. You can find us at all of the social medias. Verbal Tap Cast. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, you name it. We're on it. Verbal Typecast. Yep. Ready. So that's that's a, a bulk of my experience over the weekend. I thought it was amazing to be a part of it. And guess what, Kevin? Hmm. Do you know me to be an overachiever? No. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Maybe a little bit when you're passionate about something like covering something journalistically. Mm-hmm. It, you know, these disses don't feel bad when Kevin says them. I 50 50 it. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I was back and forth. No, I you didn't just 50 I insult sandwiched it. I forget. Mm-hmm. Maybe I you just charcuterie it. You 50 50 and you stalled. That's what you did on that one. Okay. Don't take credit like you got an advantage. You didn't even attempt a submission in there. Oh, by the way, if anyone disagrees with our jest earlier that grappling is hard to explain explain an advantage to someone that isn't intricately involved in the sport explain it good luck so in between that we also made a stopover at the ibjjf in vegas gross there was one in vegas this weekend yeah it was one in i believe uh dallas and vegas yeah and the brasilios yes sir is that ibjjf uh, I mean, it's, I, I think, I don't know, I think, Kevin, come on, what? just read a book. Okay. All right. So anyway, um, yes, in Vegas, uh, and who would you like to see have competed in Vegas? Well, let's see. I mean, Vinny Mangalesh, he lives in Vegas. Did he compete? No way. Oh, yes, he did. Gold. Did he really? Oh, he won. Uh, a lot of our friends, you know, Drysdale, Moses, uh, Tony, you know, he's over there that way. He competed as well. Uh, Chase, uh, our good friend there. I have to spend a special shout out to our good friend, John Freeman, who uh, you may remember from the Breakdown Invitational. Uh, after nine years of competing, he said he finally won his first IBJJF event. And as a brown belt, it was amazing to see. And I saw the toll hold that won it for him. And it was spectacular. Damn. So that was that was a great moment to look over and, and and you could see everybody was so happy for him and he jumped into the stands and I have to say the arena there uh, that they had the sports arena out in I think we were at South Point and then there's like I forget what the name of it was but it was so cool to see that set up there and and that many people I ran into a lot of our good friends Matt Baker I ran into 
people like uh, the Northridge guys, so Kachikian, uh, David, and, and Pedro, and all those amazing people over there. And I just kept running into competitors, Jason Youssef. Just kept running into our friends and then our enemies like Paul Moran, who I was like, I I'm, don't do autographs. Thank you, though. OK, please, please <laughs> have the restraining part. I don't like you. So it took a while to, to get everything all there uh, fine and settled. We didn't get to stay forever. But other big stories like Isaac Doderline taking home gold, um, just a ton of stories that I would look down and I go, oh, that's amazing to look at. So. A lot of really cool stories to see there, too. So, yeah, Kev, I did double duty. I not only covered uh, USA wrestling, the grappling trials, but also made time to go back to our roots and go look at the gi and look at it being competed and contested at the IBJJF Open in Vegas. Look at you. Double duty. Yep. And you trained. I uh, trained twice, yes. Fuck off. Once our friends <laughs> the planet. You where, did I, where did I train, Kev? Tenth Planet, I know, Las Vegas with Casey Alstead and his unbelievable group. I have a story for that too, but I want to, Kevin. What are your remembrances of Vegas when we went? Uh, Vegas is it's beautiful. First of all, you and I specifically, as the sun was rising and getting hotter, drove out to Tenth Planet, and that was one of my first training trips back post knee surgery so i have fond memories and i mean casey is one of those people who he motivates he's behind you know ebi he's behind a, a number of very successful gyms and we've heard these things these rumblings of what it's like to get the casey talk he does these pep talks to his team and i've heard they're epic and amazing so we train on friday night and Casey begins to tell a story about how if he finds out that somebody gets an injury from another sport, like playing basketball, he tells him, he's like, I don't want to train you anymore. Now, think about that, Kevin. Let's say you're trying to go out there, play some pickup b-ball because, you know, you're white and you think you can do that. So you would walk out there and you'd go, oh, man. And then you injure yourself. Or an ACL. Oh, and then he would have to tell you, I'm not going to coach you at the jiu-jitsu. Would How would crushing. you feel? That'd and why tough. would it be so crushing, though? That's, I mean, having worked with him, he's an inspiring coach. You, know, you well, start training with someone, you don't necessarily want mm -hmm. to switch. Sometimes it happens, but. Well, he tells us that story. And then he goes, you know what? Let's have a conversation. I'm going to tell you my whole spiel on this, and we're going to get it on tape. So he got his camera. And he just put it out and he goes, let's just have a conversation about it. And I'll, you know, if you guys have questions, let's talk about it. And he proceeded to talk for one hour with us. And we just had a chat and it was amazing. And he's going to put it up on his YouTube page. So it's going to be Coach uh, Casey Halsted on YouTube. So Casey Halsted. And you can see what we talked about. And Kev, I got to experience what it was like to hear Casey do one of his kind of like really inspirational talks. And there's one guy. I won't say his name here, but he says his name on the thing. And he had an amazing story about jujitsu playing a role in his life. And it was just one of those things that I was like, this is a Friday night. And we're all just sitting here talking grappling. And I couldn't think of a better thing to do. Like, this is the best thing to do in the world. So it was truly inspirational. It was great. Casey has great views on it. It's also funny because I'm there. 
the math therapy girls were there too, but they made it like boring. So their portions are boring. You can fast forward through their questions. That's what I do. Yeah, that's that's a really big I tip. Hit the I hit that button. But um, yeah, so that was a very inspiring thing. But Kev, if I go to train twice a tenth planet, you do know that you have to throw up the gang sign if you go, right? Yes, I do. Okay, I've been studying it's, it a lot. Cause... Do you know which arm or which hand is supposed to do the one? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think your right hand does the one, your left hand does the zero. Final answer? Yes. Correct. Thank you. Phonetically, that makes sense, too. Yes. Unless so, you're, what if you're in an mm-hmm. Arab country? Have we just spent this whole podcast talking about America? And here you are trying to sully it with other countries. Listen, if America you're not ready is for the Abu Dhabi. You're not prime time. That's oh. a Kevin Phillips drag <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Never say anything like that in my life. Don't even know what it means. Wow. But, uh, uh, first of all, it's going to be in Finland this year, mm-hmm. so they don't give a fuck how people say things. So strike one. Number two, I feel it is important to note that when you're going to train at 10th Planet, I created the newest hashtag, and I need you guys to get behind it because everybody keeps saying 10PL4L. You know, or 10 planet FL, you know, so 10 P four, four, you know, the numerical number four and number four. Yes. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) And when you do that, I started telling these people, I'm like, I'm not really 10th planet for life. Like, I can't rep that. So can I just rep like 10 P for the weekend? And people were like, that's not bad. I go, I feel <laughs> that's not, We don't hate that. <laughs> no, and they thought about it. And I was like, well, it has to be WKND. And they go, yeah. And it was like a business meeting. Like I had gotten my sales pitch and everybody like looked at each other. And then after we all agreed to it, everybody puts their file fa- folders on like the, the little desk. And they just kind of go, well, you know, guys, Damn, that was a, it was a good meeting. There Good job, is. everybody. Nice All right. Job. I think we can go home now. Hey, Jim, did you want to go grab some uh, Mongolian uh, food? Yeah, let's go do that. All right. Let's put it Good in the job. copier before we leave. Make sure we send out a memo. Absolutely. So uh, if you guys want to get behind uh, 10P for the weekend, then uh, that way you too, when you go to visit a 10th planet like I did, you don't feel like you are intruding. You feel like you are part of the community and you are not being disgraceful to any of the gyms or your own gym. So 10 PL for the weekend. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. And I've been 10 PL for the weekend and I'm in on it. I like that. It's a great amount of time to be in 10 PL. Yeah, but you didn't do anything this weekend. No, almost, uh, you know, slept a lot. Train did train Nogi. Does that count? No, no, that's not even 10 PL for now. Couldn't agree more. Raf Leandro Lowe beats Herbert Santos mm-hmm. twice and is now the Brazilian national champion. He won the Brasieros. I need you to tell me all about this. Well, I think you're going to have a pretty good idea how it went. Some So uh, they move a little fast for me to uh, definitely understand how you score. Mm-hmm. The, I'm not saying I don't understand it. I get it. 
the person that initiates the takedown or gets the first grip. I understand that. They move too fast for me to see it. Mm-hmm. Leandro Lowe had a beautiful Marcelo Garcia inside trip, that sort of beautiful takedown that I enjoy and most people that know how to do a shot and have also taken just a little bit of judo really thrive with simple movements. He perfected it. They look like wet I mean, don't, cats don't fighting. Put yourself in that category. Like I saw you slyly include yourself. Thank you. But like I'm pretty <laughs> sure if those guys Tried were in it. the gi, I know. I I think we need to address this. I think if those guys weren't in the gi and they were doing no gi, I think that they would not grab gi pants. <laughs> That's hard to argue with. I'm, I'm completely. You know what? You're right. And. Okay. Let's stick to the business. Okay. Leandro okay. Lowe uh-huh. wins the Brasieros without... Well, he did grab gi pants, but it was allowed. Full gi right. match. I'm just saying, if the rules were different, they Obvious. would follow the rules. You know, he definitely didn't grab Gordon's shorts. Mm-hmm. Not that Gordon was wearing gi pants like an asshole. Obviously, mm-hmm. he wouldn't do that. But had he been... You idiot. You were wearing gi pants, too. Neither of them were wearing... <laughs> <laughs> it's 2017. The uh, line of reasoning doesn't matter. <laughs> are you going to go back and watch these fights? I'm hoping to. I saw. You know uh, I already. I can't believe you. Uh, they haven't quite been posted. As soon as they're up on Flow Grappling, Raf's going to watch these fights. 100%. And I. Kevin was asking me this, and it was in the middle of having terrible reception. Mostly as a consistent thing throughout the weekend. Low so a lot of times, whenever I did it, is this low versus big guy? No, 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 no. I want to uh, bring that up, but uh, <laughs> I just want to give the preface as to why I couldn't see everything because Kevin was asking me, like, "Did you see it? Did you?" Anytime I had reception, I was just like, "No, you're being a dick." I'm trying to get to reception to see it, and then finally, when I have like a smidge of service somewhere. And mind you, the reason why I didn't have that much service is we had to take, like, the back channels to get th- through traffic through Vegas, and there aren't many of them. It is beautiful, that, but it's also, like, you get service for, like, a few seconds at a time. So cut to me looking at Kevin going, do you see the – and I'm like, I'm trying to download it. Hold on. And there is a big gentleman who Leandro Lowe uh, just perfectly sweeps. Kev, remind me, maybe my uh, my service was so bad I didn't see it perfectly, but kind of like drops down, uses a beautiful grip with kind of like a butterfly kind of set up to just kind of effortlessly glide him off to the side and then came up to like attack almost like turtle, but almost more top position. Yeah, <laughs> pretty well categorized it. That was just the first one because they had a few that got reset. Oh, I only saw the first one. They only had the one and I... <laughs> It, it repeated because it was so fast because, duh. But it it's like a 10-second clip, and I go, ooh, more. And Kevin goes, have you watched the matches? And I'm like, Kevin, I don't have it. Fuck, I can't. Could not it. take Leandro Lowe down. Full 350 tough. fucking pounds, whatever it was, on his back. Because uh, he was he kind of got, like, top, head and arm. Couldn't do anything. It was, it was, yeah. it was just like, wow. That's, that's some base, Leandro. Yeah. Damn. More like Leandro. No. Right. <laughs> Leandro. Uh, uh, Leandro planted. No. no, I'll work on it. I'm not there. Leandro? That's pretty good. All right. We'll work on that. Everybody, go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. 
suggest mm-hmm. Leandro Lode nicknames. And the better the pun, the better mm-hmm. the nickname. This is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Leandro go low. Ooh. Wait, Michelle Obama said when they go, oh, we'll work on that too. We've got a whole few weeks. You know what? We should have left it at that. That's my bad rap. A lot of good in terms of so fighting wise. There was also the Dallas Open where Jared Dopp did some dominating. Mm-hmm. The Marianas where Felipe Pena mm-hmm. regained his championship. It's just a ton of good fuckload of grappling this weekend in, ter- in terms of people around the country doing it. Uh, Kai Otero won over Jeff Curran. I, where the hell was that fight to win, bro? I don't even remember. I think it was Chicago. Sure. That sounds right. Uh, damn. Fight to win pro Chicago. They're everywhere now. Good time to be a grappler. And Dallas Open, Tessa Neely, teammate. Won her division purple belt ref. Amazing. Badass. Pretty cool. Jason Bircher from KCBJJ was down there fighting. He and Adam Vega. Vega won. Is a tough bastard. Uh, as is the Birch. He's <laughs> still out there doing it. So fun to see KCBJJ. Ton of people <laughs> out there competing. Raf was in Vegas muckadying it up. Did you get to see any Vinny matches? Hmm. Did he just tear through people? I did, and it looked terrifying. He was, I mean, he also Gee? had a big gentleman, which is why I was like, wait, was, how is he in two places? Yeah, Key. <laughs> awesome. Vinny's yeah. so, it's, it's uh, like, so that, why is he wearing a Gi? I don't know, but he is, and he's fine. He gets it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Vinny does what Vinny does. So that was fun to see. I think everybody was trying to get their points up for, uh, their world presence because uh, black belt have to like qualify and etc cetera, etc cetera, aka they have to give more money to the IBJJF no big deal but uh, a lot of that going on so yes I did see those things but can, there are a couple other small things we should probably bring up that happened yeah. throughout the week let's do this okay okay so let's just let's first talk about this did you see the status I put up about what happened to me at my grappling class? AKA my jiu-jitsu class at Valley Marshall last week. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. So during jiu-jitsu class last week, my instructor, Marcelo DePaoli, basically gave us plastic knives to practice self-defense. Now, at first, when somebody gives you a plastic knife, I'm looking at it and I go, uh-oh. That's about to get really heady in here. And so he said, if your stabbing partner trained you or like stabbed you anywhere, you were considered dead. So within the first few seconds, one of my training partners slightly graves the back of my gi. And Marcelo looks at me and he goes, Hoffa, you died. And I was like, okay, Marcelo, you clearly haven't played this game with any Mexicans. Because this is pretty normal for us. If I got stabbed in the back, that wouldn't even remotely stop me, sir. So anyway, I digress. Next. <laughs> so that's one small little thing that happened to me. But among the other news, this was kind of big because people were talking about it. And there seems to be two different camps that are happening right now. So the first one is apparently the Diaz brothers are highly in demand because there's a rumor saying that Nick Diaz is going to take on Tyrone Woodley. Now, what are your thoughts on that? Fuck yeah. I'm in. Okay, and why? 
I want to see Tyrone Woodley either get knocked out or I want to see the Diaz brothers scrap. Either way, okay. it's a win for me. <laughs> so the community seemed pretty good about it. Mark Grayson on our Facebook had a very important note, which was, this is the only fight I'll accept other than Damian Maya. And I said, that's a fair assessment. I can get behind that. Right? What is he... What does he? Sorry, my sound just popped in. What does he mean? The only fight other than like, Damian Maya for, because for the uh, Nate or for Woodley? No, for Woodley because oh, okay. title. Oh, sure. Well, except for the fact that he's fighting on UFC two eleven. Correct, but think about it. For Damian Maya to not have a fight, and then like say if he does fight at two eleven, they go, "Oh, too bad, Damian. We're just gonna sit here and wait and see what happens there." Yikes! Is it worth noting he might get paid more to fight a Diaz? It's probably not. Kevin, worth noting. Yes. Now, see, this has a direct correlation between the next thing I'm about to announce, and the internet was a little less favorable on this one, and maybe justifiably so. They're intrigued, but they had some opinions about it, and this one was. Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson. <laughs> and they said, and this is, can you guess why people might be up in arms about this one, Kevin? Because uh, it's too awesome? I don't know. Nope. It, it is the line? Maybe. Hmm. Or what if I were to tell you it's for an interim lightweight title fight? What's the weight? <laughs> <laughs> that does change things. I mean, if it's for, for a title at all, that's always amazing. Well, think about it. That title is currently held by somebody who may not be doing other things, Kevin. Oh, shit. You're right. Fuck, UFC. Could you hold a meeting or something and let us know who's in charge of each division? So as a result of that purpose or that idea, that concept... Every person in the comment section on all of our social media, and not just ours, everywhere, has had enough of the word interim title fights. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Now, Kev, <laughs> they don't what is, uh, is that particularly well, the problem? I mean, Kevin and I have joked about this, and I was like, you know, the winner between me and Kevin should be given a title belt immediately. Interim. But then just for funnies, just literally look at each other and say, that's the interim title. And people will be like, well, who's the champion? They're like, oh, they're not here anymore. <laughs> they... Like, wait, who won that? I was like, well, nobody won it. We're just the interim title holder. We're not quite the number one and two contender. We're in like always the six to eight range. But who's the main contender? Don't know. Never no, met him. No, who? Who can? He remember? might be boxing. I think. I don't know. That's the type of fucking question we don't want to answer. Okay, but Kevin, I'm not getting to the best part. When people talk about interim titles, it's not like I'm against them. Like, they don't the mean people, anything. It's not like well, we're I'm against them. Against, the UFC I'm, turned I'm us against them. This is their fault for expressing how they feel about interim titles. Okay. I understand that. I want to also make it clear. The fight matchup between uh, Nate and El Kukui is a fascinating matchup. That sounds great on paper. I think people are kind of into it. It is unfair to Tony because, let's be real, dude's been fucked over for his title shot. And that sucks. And on Nate's side, he wants the money. He's the draw. I think it makes sense on paper. They're just, they seem like a fun scrap. Both pretty good at jujitsu. Both like to stand and bang. Also, very weirdly lanky. 
in a division that they just both seem to have fun in. So why not? Okay, so all of those things and more, right? Kevin. I'm in. This is where pro wrestling comes in. Okay. Okay. What are my thoughts about people who wear title belts, like championship belts? What are your thoughts about them? Mm-hmm. People like normal people who go to wrestling shows who wear championship belts on their shoulders. You're all in? I don't, I don't know. No. I have always said you've never listened to me on the show before. Of course I have. I haven't committed this part to memory. I don't remember spending a lot of time on it. I also said it millions is, of is times. Is this something people do at pro wrestling events that they definitely don't do at MMA events? Not to my knowledge. I don't believe MMA fans do this a ton. I've seen a couple, but this is at pro wrestling events. Okay. So this is you go to a pro wrestling event and you see the audience. You now see more and more brave souls wearing championship belts. My bit, my contention that I have been saying for years on this show, Kevin, if you had been listening to any one of the years we've been doing this, is who did you beat to win that belt? Honestly, you bought that belt, didn't you? You went to a Kmart and you didn't even do anything to earn it. And this doesn't even count. Did you beat the cashier? Because a belt should have significance. It shouldn't be just something you picked up as a toy. And some of the guys buy some of the replica belts that are like $300. Because everybody wants a belt. So I've always said if you go to a pro wrestling show and somebody wears a toy belt or one of those belts, you should be able to take it. Or even the replica ones. Because (laughs) I can challenge them under 24-7 rules and be like, well, these people have active imaginations. And people know how to either figure out that they're submitting or, or they know how to count to three. Which is good enough for me on both sides. So I have always said that that should be my contention. So there is one person getting back to the Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson debate where people were saying they're tired of these interim titles. One person in particular, his name's Albert, on our Facebook said, what the fuck with all these interim titles? Okay, Kev? With that so far? I, I understand so far. Okay. Ask me. If he does or does not have a championship belt on his shoulder. Oh, come on. on that board. Albert, for fuck's sake, does he have a championship belt? Oh, he did. God and I thought to myself, it. this yeah. is too good. How did I ask him? I go, do you not have a title on your own Facebook profile pic? And his response was, it's not an interim title. How are we supposed to know that? God damn it. Kevin, there was nothing that made me happier than seeing somebody say, I'm tired of all these interim title belts. And then on their own Facebook profile picture, having a title belt on their shoulder that they probably didn't earn. So I had a moment and I would like to say thank you to Albert for making my day. (laughs) That is fantastic, by the way. So those are the majority of stories that have kind of gone throughout the weekend. One other small thing that I think that's important to bring up. Kevin, you are uh, familiar with uh, uh, Marvin Castell? Yeah. Okay. There were some people on the flow grappling who were not giant fans of his MNR rolling or his ability to kind of get those heel hooks. And so they started saying that they're like, ah, that technique doesn't work. I'm not a fan of this. But. The hard part for me is I'm like, well, it's kind of effective, and it was worked at ADCC, and that's kind of a high-profile thing. Um, do you have any problems with people using that? 
Oh, 100%. It's Bush mm-hmm. League. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. you mean against me? Um, let's say not against you. Because... Oh, big fan. I think it's awesome. I think it's super exciting. I think it <laughs> I think it adds a certain terrifying gymnastics element to the sport and mm-hmm. there's only one reason you're upset with the Imanari role. That's because you're about to lose your knee. Yeah. Otherwise, what do you care? Is it like I hate when people just do a double leg takedown. It's really <laughs> trite. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Eminari roll is the most exciting thing. It's like a flying arm bar. It's like a flying triangle. It's cool. And it's hard to do. Just <laughs> a big FYI. Most people will just get out of the way. Yep. Marvin obviously knows something we don't. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting to see the conversation that was happening on Flow where you go, really? You guys don't have anything else to talk about? They're wrong. And That's Marvin okay. very nicely <laughs> did put an extension to all of those people to come on over to 10th Planet to train. So kudos to him. <laughs> kudos to them if they show up. I'll be impressed. I, I want him to do it to me just like as a safety measure. It's like, we do it, but please don't finish because I'm afraid I won't tap in time. Right. I mean, I don't know that I have enough recognition to know what to do if he does that to me. When he starts sliding, it's like you've got to take at least a second to be like, wow, <laughs> that's, that's fast. It's <laughs> good stuff. Uh, otherwise, yeah, deeply offended. I want to be super on the record <laughs> by his strategic choice. Raph, you've been in Vegas yeah, just yeah. tearing up the buffets, not doing anything jujitsu related. Obviously, it's been a crazy weekend. We got eight to 12 inches of snow, depending on where you're at on Friday into Denver. So I got some no gi in and then I hunkered the fuck down. So I'm just done. I'm done with winter. Good. I've made a choice. Everybody's been through it. I thought I stayed really strong this year. But Kev, when you were doing no gi and I know the cold has a a way of affecting this. Were you were you still grabbing like the shorts Shut up. when you were working no, the take? I I, I, I need I clarification, like Kevin, the because I'm not is sure. Upset at your inquisition there. That was over. They're not upset. They are on my side. John McEnroe would be screaming at you if you were a referee <laughs> after that comment. No, no. We're all done here. <laughs> it's time to wrap up this fantasticism, which means it's time for shout outs. I'll start Sent Coach Will out to San Diego on Friday. He was like, yeah, I'm headed out to just go see my sister, do some University of Jiu-Jitsu. Fantastic. Can't wait to see what he comes back with. It was a great, uh, just a great no-gi class. We had a lot of fun. Hopefully Garrett's knee is feeling better. That's just a sympathetic shout-out to everybody competing. Everybody Jubert was thinking about Tessa. She's out there Fighting her ass off. Uh, great to see the KC BJJ crew, Jason Bircher, Vega fighting out Dallas Open. It's always great to see your. It's like, wow, we have people fighting across the country that are friends of ours. Uh, Andrew was refereeing the Mariana Open. He was mm-hmm. just out there. <laughs> I, I know, I flipped it on <laughs> as he's refereeing Felipe Pena and somebody else was like, of course. There's uh, Andrew rocking it out, and great to see our friends from everywhere around the jiu-jitsu community this weekend. 
Rass out in Vegas, mucketing it up with some of our favorite people, and I was super jealous. You got to change 10th Planet Vegas twice. Fantastic. You took me out there the first time when I was coming back, and it was, uh, it does. It has a church like feel. We went on a Sunday morning. We had a blast. Happy Easter to us. And that's going to do it for me, Raf. Well, let's start here. Um, I want to thank my professor, uh, Marcelo De Paoli, because. I like honestly, I when he gave us those knives, those plastic knives, and I want to emphasize plastic because it's not like he just gave us like live switchblades. Because if he did, I would have just crushed with my switchblade. But he, when he gave us those knives, it was just kind of like I was staring at him and I go, I don't want to stab anybody. Not again. <laughs> not after my life that I gave up. The and crime. Set, and ref set the knife down. And he stabbed and the away. gangs. <laughs> But then somebody tried to stab me, and I was like, ah, fuck that noise. Um, no, I mean, it's an interesting way to look at it, but obviously great training over this week. Um, a lot of really, really cool stuff at uh, Valley Martial Arts Center. We got a new uh, person who I have not met yet, so I look forward to training with him. And, uh, you know, just really fun and interesting uh, sets of goal training with the, the team there. I want to send a shout-out to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. LA Jiu-Jitsu and uh, you guys, I don't know if you got to see any of our uh, our chat that we did, audience, friends, people who listen to this podcast. But um, we're all putting together a set of tournaments called uh, the U.S. Submission Grappling League. That's myself, Blair Green, Andrew Murillo, uh, Eric Medina, Joey House, Octavio Villanueva. And uh, we want you guys to be involved. So they are sub-only matches. It's for all experiences, all weight classes. And for the gi and no gi, there will be a cash prize on our May 28th event. So registration right now is at $50. And you can go to sign up for that at ussgl.com. If you are looking for a new competition to go ahead and become a part of, we highly encourage you to do this one. And as some intel information, as I saw some of our friends around the world from the past few days, um, there might be some really cool people who are partaking in the absolute division for those cash prizes. And I don't want to give away too many of the names or anything like that, but we have some people who have expressed interest. But myself and the guys, we got together and we wanted to talk with you guys about it. So we did a Facebook Live broadcast. And if you haven't seen it, please look at it. Um, you can also go to USSGL.com to look up for that as well and some other content. But one of the things I'm going to ask for you guys to do, and I know I don't often ask you guys to actually do things on the show. Kev, is that true? I know you don't ask me to do much, and yeah. I always assume yeah. that extended to the audience as well. Yes, and uh, but I do treat the audience better than you. I will say that, and that is with good reason. But if you guys are so inclined, one of the things that we are looking to do is push uh, more of a sub-only format. Obviously, we're going to have some EBI overtime rules, so if you are familiar with those, you are familiar with the way this works. But we wanted to see what happens when you kind of take out the element of points and really open it up to people just doing the jujitsu that hopefully gets a finish. And so one of the things that we want to know, we're doing like little small video vignettes. And I would love mm -hmm. to see if you guys can send us uh, 15 second videos. They don't have to be super long, but 15 to 30 second videos uh, under the uh, why hashtag why I sub only. And use that as a hashtag because we would like to hear why it is that you guys like this format if you like this format. Because we know why we like it. 
but we would love to hear why it is that you guys enjoy it. And we're about to get some videos from some of our friends, many of which you know through the podcast, uh, saying why they love it. So that would be a big help for us because we would love to see more and more people get involved in it. And we would love to hear why you guys love it because it's a big reason that we are doing these tournaments. So again, ussgl.com, find out more information for there. Tell your friends, again, all weight classes, all divisions, all belt levels, all experiences, gi and no gi, and also kids. So you can make it a family sort of thing. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can reach out to me or any of the guys who are aforementioned or our social media pages. Um, you know where to find them. So there is that. All right. Let's get back to that. So guys at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, I believe there's a seminar happening on May 6th over – at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, it's going to be a little bit more judo-based, but game-based. And when I say game-based, it means you're going to have to like explain how it is you do your jiu-jitsu uh, rather than just kind of like rolling in and like explaining afterwards. Um, we have an instructor who is coming, and I'm excited to tell you a little bit about them because of the way that they practice, and hopefully you guys like them. Uh, but one of the practitioners, uh, practitioners, it's uh, Danan Dashevsky, who is coming in, and they're going to help you like map out your game. It's going to be, I believe, it is from four to six p.m. It's a two-hour seminar, and it's a donation-based seminar. So please, please, if you are around, come check us out at the club for that one. Also, you can grab T-shirts from us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we want to send a shout out to the Unite the Podcast for bringing on Joey and Drew for the podcast to talk a little bit about us. So shout outs to them as well. Let's get to Vegas. All right. There are too many people who I saw. I've named some of them. I want to thank all the athletes, not just for their jujitsu, but I really do sincerely mean this. When we have representatives from the USA, it's really cool to, to watch them on their journey. And uh, a lot of them thank me for interviewing them, and they don't need to because what they do is cool. And there should be more people like me interviewing them because what they do is tough, and we know that. So uh, I would encourage you guys in October to go look them up, follow them, support them in the meantime. If you are one of the trading partners or you're them, Matt, and still listening and not at your gym yet, uh, you know, support everybody because this is USA. This is Mighty Ducks territory, guys, so – get the fucking quacking at this point <laughs> so there's that um i want to thank blair green i want to thank uh Bree stick i want to thank uh you know i guess the people at the math therapy podcast whatever they're lame uh so you know becky donna jonathan whatever i, I don't care i want to thank the people at 10th planet vegas casey all of his team everybody who i rolled with the past couple days learn their stories go watch that video of casey's again it's on youtube casey halstead i want to thank all the people i got to interview you know jacob clay just everybody who sat down and talked with us and uh, i want to thank usa wrestling for making it a point to include grappling i think that's amazing i think hopefully there is a little bit more overlap between the two because let's face it every once in a while when we complain about butt scooters it's because we don't have enough wrestlers pushing us to learn a little bit more about wrestling. And one of the things I did tell Kevin, and while I do kid him on this, is I'm like, you know, I do want to get a little bit better at wrestling. I don't have to be as good as these guys. And I'll give you a spoiler. I'll never be as good as they are. But I like learning what they do so that we can help explain uh, the combinations between the two and uh, kind of hopefully create a link because all 
kinds of fighting. You know, we should we should respect the other arts. So there's those guys. And, um, you know, obviously the guys from Nawaza love them. Awesome to see them. And uh, a big thank you to Drew. Drew and I made a big trip together and we interacted with so many people. We saw so many people at Vegas open for IBJJF. We got to meet so many of our fans, interact with so, so many people, and it wasn't time enough. So to everybody who we got the chance to interact with on behalf of Drew, I want to say thank you. And myself to Drew, I just want to say I had an amazing trip, and thank you for making it so memorable. And a last couple shout-outs to everybody who competed at CXF. If I wasn't covering uh, stuff in Vegas this weekend, I would have been out at the Sportsman Lodge. But a big shout-out to Terion for getting a knockout. And Kev, I don't know, have you seen this knockout yet? Yes, I have. Okay. Can you describe the way you saw that knockout? Spider monkey business beating down other person. These are lightweights fucking each other up. Terion Flash is the man. Terion punches this guy so hard that he was coming into him, goes out, and literally falls into Terion's arms like a damsel in distress. What was he supposed to do? He was knocked clean out. <laughs> Well, he was saying oh, that Terion has pellet fists and was talking shit about his knockout power. Uh-oh. But, uh, you know, that's kind of rough. So UFC, if you're listening, go go look at that. Explore that. It's better than that. Uh, to our friend DC, keep your head up. To our friend uh, Chase Gibson, congratulations. To our friend Mike Jasper of the podcast, congratulations for, uh, you know, keeping your title. Lots of stuff to see, and we will catch up with them as fast as we can. But we had lots of stuff going on. And we were very happy about it. So, again, to everybody who made this weekend amazing, thank you very much. Uh, We look forward to more implementation of it. And uh, we look forward to seeing what's going to happen in a month at theussgl.com. June 4th, we also have an event in Fresno. So don't forget about that. May 28th, Orange County. June 4th, Fresno. And we will see you guys there. ussgl.com. And I'm done. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. Good night and good fight. And uh, Kev, you know, um, we're going to put a rule. We're going to put the Kevin rule oh, in our USSGL uh, notes. I just, I think it's important people. We have structure and rules. grappling shorts. I'll try that. This isn't Vietnam, Kev. There are rules. <laughs>